0: Terms and conditions apply.
4: Welcome in, podcast listeners. Appreciate all of you out there downloading and listening to the podcast. We got some five-star reviews for you. Want to thank you and say, please go give us a five-star review. Uh, And if we read it, you get a very special five-star review shirt that you can only get if you give us a five-star review. So we need more five-star reviews. Thank you guys for listening. Loaded show for you. Frank Isola in Hour 1. In hour two, we'll talk with Jeff Schwartz. And in the third hour of the program, we will talk with Dr. David Chow. All that's still to come. This is the Outkick Podcast, and it begins now.
2: Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
4: Major League Baseball playoffs off and rolling. Four different games underway. And you know 2020 is wild when somehow the Atlanta Braves have won four straight postseason games. This is what it sounded like for the Braves as the earliest game. Travis Darnold hit a home run and then the final call of the win in case you missed it.
3: That's hit well to deep left field. He does more damage here. That one bangs a sign above the Crawford boxes and Travis Dardo makes it 2-0 Atlanta. Pitch on the way from Melanson. Chopper back to Mark over him out to Ozzy. He gloves, throws to Freddie, make it a 2-0 series lead as the Braves shut out the Marlins.
4: Three of the four wins, by the way, in the, of the Braves in the postseason have been shutouts. Only one game Uh, That was game one of this uh, NLDS series. Did anybody score against them at all? So we'll see whether the Braves can close out the Marlins in game three action today as they've gone up 2-0. The A's were on the ropes. They were down 2-0 to the Houston Astros. They were down uh, in that game as well, looking like their season might come to a close. When they decided to fight back, here's what it sounded like as the game ended. The A's getting the win in game three.
1: They just have the shift on the infield, and Brantley pops it up, and that's going to be playable into left field.
2: Robbie Grossman is right there under it, and he makes the catch, and the A's have won it. Wow. Five home runs and then some for the Athletics, and the Oakland A's have forced a game four tomorrow. A's nine, and the Astros seven.
4: Rays tied up 1-1 in the end of the game against the Yankees, and uh, they took control of the series. Here's what it sounded like.
2: The steal with a deep breath and now the 2-1 to judge. Swing and a ground ball left side of the infield. There's Joey Wendell near the bag at third. Writes himself, throws across race win. As they knock off the New York Yankees today by a score of 8-4, and Tampa Bay has taken a 2-1-2-1 2-1 lead in this best of five series against the Yankees.
4: I went to bed before this game was complete. The Dodgers, and a lot of you probably did as well, the Dodgers won game two to take a 2-0 lead, but I did see this play last night. Fernando Tatis hit a home run, it appeared, straight away to center field, but Bellinger dropped back and made the play. Here is that
0: audio.
2: No balls, no strikes. And Tatis with a fly ball to center
0: field, and deep, Bellinger going back to the wall, he leaps and makes a spectacular catch!
3: Cody Bellinger robs Tatis of a two-run home run his
4: glove was six or seven inches over the yellow line and straightaway center a
0: spectacular catch
4: might have ended up being the final margin Manny Machado wasn't happy with the celebration I haven't even heard this we have audio of that
2: he throws the glove and then blows the kiss over to Manny Machado who didn't like him throwing the glove and Manny says you you Max says you tempers flaring between two teams that play very emotionally charged games during the regular season. You figured it would continue into these higher stakes matchups. This was tight game two.
4: So the uh, Dodgers go on to win 6-5. So there is your update in the event that you were watching the vice presidential debate, in the event that you were busy doing uh, other things and not aware of what's going on with Major League Baseball, four different series three of them uh it feels like there's a pretty strong favorite and then uh, we'll have to wait and see what happens in uh in uh, well we'll see we'll see what happens overall but uh but that is the major league baseball picture the NFL uh, the NFL picture as we get ready for Thursday night football tonight uh with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road taking on uh who are the bucks taking on the bears that's right the Bears. The Bucs are on the road against the Bears. And uh, I feel good about Tampa Bay being able to win that football game. But the biggest storyline, and we'll get into Tampa Bay here uh, in a little bit, basically the steps that Tom Brady is taking to look more and more like Tom Brady every single game as the Bucs are now 3-1 and in first place in the NFC South. And the Bears are trying to avoid a second straight loss uh, with uh, with their quarterback situation still kind of up in the air. I wonder if that's thrown everything a bit uh, a bit into a uh, into an uproar. But the big issue right now going on with the NFL is what do they do about the positive test? Because Stephon Gilmore has tested positive, the best player on defense for the Patriots. Cam Newton, obviously, the best player on offense, has tested positive. And we'll see whether there now is going to be a drip, drip, drip of positive test for the New England Patriots or not. But for the Tennessee Titans, who had appeared on Monday and Tuesday were close to being able to reenter their facility, well, on Wednesday, they had a couple of players test positive. And now they've got issues at the wide receiver position due to the people that have tested positive, Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. And we don't know exactly how long it's going to take for those guys to come back, but it means that there's not the depth there should be at wide receiver, not to mention Uh, A.J. Brown has been dealing with a, a bone bruise, I think it is, and so he's not been healthy. So if you're out there trying to scout how this would match up with the Bills, given the fact that if the game happens or not, the Bills obviously have been very productive on the offensive side of the ball. Do the Titans have the horses to be able to match up with them? It's an interesting question. Larger question, though. What is the NFL going to do about all of the, these positive tests. And to me, they've now put on the table the idea, and they've just done it in the past couple of days, that they could have teams forced to forfeit if they, are, uh, if they are unable to play a game. I don't think that would be able to retroactively impact any teams with positive tests. But to me, this is an easy solution. And I've been saying this for a while. They just need to add more weeks to the season in order to be able to uh, to complete the year if necessary. Now, ideally, you'd be able to shift around the bye weeks, and that would be a solution that makes plenty of sense. But to me, this is not a very complicated decision at all. And I put that up yesterday for you guys as a poll question. What should the NFL do as a result of positive COVID tests if games are unable to be played as scheduled? 60% of you said add weeks to the end of the year. 23% of you said play less than 16 games. And 17% of you said forfeit. So a pretty substantial majority, 83%, is opposed to the idea of forfeiting. And that's with 56,000 votes from you guys yesterday kind of laying out all the different scenarios. I've got another one for you and evidently this is like impossible for people to actually say because everybody has to buy into the fear porn, we can just acknowledge that a positive test is not that big of a deal. And I know everybody out there is like, oh my God, the Corona Bros have sold you guys on the idea that a positive test is a big deal. But if you are asymptomatic and you are a young, healthy athlete, you have virtually zero to fear from the coronavirus. So if somebody tests positive, I understand you can say, well, they can't play in the event or be involved in being around the facility or or anything else until they test negative. But we've yet to have a single case of the coronavirus being spread from an athletic event that I'm aware of. Certainly in the world of pro sports, every time somebody has been positive and played in the game, it hasn't been transmitted during the course of the game. And i got to give credit. We'll talk to Dr. David Chow in Hour 3 of this program. But he's been big on making that analogy for a long time. And the analogy in particular that he has made is getting a exposure for the virus is a lot like getting a sunburn. And the analogy he's used is if you go out to the beach... And you walk outside for five minutes and then you sit down underneath your, uh, underneath your umbrella and you're not actually in the, uh, in the, under the rays of the sun, the odds of you getting a sunburn from a five-minute exposure to the sun are almost zero. It's prolonged exposure that leads to an infection. So if you pass somebody in a grocery store aisle – and later on it's determined that that person at the grocery store had the COVID, that doesn't mean that you need to be concerned about whether or not you might get it. It takes a, again, prolonged exposure in order for you to test positive. And so we haven't seen any tests emerge from a football game, for instance, or a baseball game or anything else. Remember, the Miami Marlins have all those tests, and I think they were playing, was it the Eagles? Sorry, the Phillies back in the day? And they had to test everybody, and then nobody tested positive for the Phillies. I think that was who they were playing. But even now, we know that the Titans had some positives. Nothing showed up with the Minnesota Vikings. We know that the Patriots had some positives, nothing has or a positive nothing has shown up yet with the Kansas City Chiefs so far the game itself has not led to a transmission so why do you need to shut down everything over asymptomatic test results that are in no way leading to people being sick and I think that's an interesting question that is not being talked about hardly by anyone but are we overreacting in particular College football is playing games with like 20 players who have tested positive because on college campuses, none of this is actually leading to hospitalizations. We had an article up. A guy named Andrew Boston has been paying attention to this. He looked at 50 large universities, 70,000 positive tests for college students, three hospitalizations. Let me repeat that. 50 major universities out there, 70,000 positive tests that have been reported by those universities, three hospitalizations. So if you are young and healthy, or even just young, your odds of being hospitalized are almost zero, even if you test positive. And certainly your odds of death are virtually zero. You're more likely to die in a traffic accident driving to the facility than you are to die of COVID. So why is the NFL so wildly, in my opinion, overreacting to positive tests? I think it's because people have bought into the idea that this virus is more dangerous than it actually is. And by the way, a lot of people finally starting to recognize that we just have to live our lives and that we can't stay curled up in the fetal position forever. In the state of Florida, they now have given the okay for there to be full stadiums for football games. Now, the local authorities might not allow it in Miami, Jacksonville, or Tampa Bay for the NFL, but the state of Florida is saying, hey, you can have a full stadium. And the same thing is true for college football. Florida State, University of Miami, the Florida Gators, maybe the cocktail party between Florida and Georgia, which is usually split 50-50, they are saying, hey, you're fine If you want to be able to go into a crowded stadium and watch the games, which Florida is the first state to say it, but I think there will be many others that also make that same decision because they're looking around and I think it's a fair argument. If you're going to allow and have allowed for months, tens of thousands of people to show up and protest in your city, why can you not allow people to show up and watch football games? It's an interesting argument. And if masks actually work, why can't people show up wearing masks in a stadium and not have to worry about anything associated with COVID? But again, the larger context here that I would put out that almost no one is talking about is why is the NFL so terribly concerned with positive tests that it's shutting down games when if they have people testing positive because they're testing them on a daily basis – Why can't they just pull those players out and keep playing and not worry about anything else? Again, it's like it's a question that nobody is actually willing to ask, but the idea that positive tests are somehow death sentences or even going to lead to a fever is simply not true for the vast majority of the people that are testing positive and are young, healthy athletes. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not the possibility that one person or two people might have issues with COVID. That can happen. When you have a large number of positive cases, there can be negative consequences from that. But look on a college campus where 70,000 kids are testing positive at 50 major universities and three of them actually require hospitalization. And by the way, I know that at Appalachian State, there was a college kid that got COVID and he died. They put it on the front page of the New York Times. But think about how many kids out there have died of alcohol poisoning since they got back to college campuses that you heard nothing about or died of suicide or died of murder or died of potentially the seasonal flu or died of uh, traffic accidents. Young people are more likely to die of the seasonal flu than they are covid And we never shut anything down for the seasonal flu. That's a statistical reality. So I think all of these factors need to be weighed in when the pro sports leagues are making decisions about whether they're going to continue playing. Worth thinking about. All right, when we come back, we'll be joined by Frank Isola. He's at the Frank Isola on Twitter. Got a loaded show for you. In the second hour of the program, we'll be joined by Jeff Schwartz. We'll talk about the upcoming weekend of the NFL Maybe we'll get some test results during the course of today's show. If so, I will update you with the latest uh, on that. Also, in the third hour of the program, we'll talk with Dr. David Chow about the medical side of all of this, plus the injuries that are occurring in the NFL as we get ready for NFL Week 5. And again, we're going to be breaking down that game with the Bucks on the road against the Bears. Can Tom Brady continue his hot streak? Five touchdown passes Brady threw last week to five different receivers, something he had never done before in his career. 18 out of 20 with four touchdown passes and a perfect passer rating. That was Tom Brady in his final 20 pass attempts last week as the Bucks came back from a 24-7 to deficit against the Chargers. Brady Starting to be on his hot streak. But coming up next, it's Frank Isola. As we go to break, I want to tell you if you love this show, and I know a lot of you do, and I thank you for all of the support that you have given Outkick. I ran through all the new affiliates that we just flipped from ESPN, uh, and uh, I appreciate all of you and uh, the amount of time you spend with this show. But if you love this show, the best thing you can do for Outkick is go sign up for the Outkick VIP thousands of you have done so. If you want to strike a blow for the First Amendment, truth, honesty, decency in sports media, you need to go sign up and be a member of the Outkick VIP. We'll open up phones probably at some point during the course of the show, and you can call in on the Outkick VIP phone line. You can comment on all of our articles. You get exclusive access to myself, Jason Whitlock, and others, and you get the ability uh, to be a member of a great community. Also, I like to give out gambling picks. Whitlock and I do that. You get access to Dr. David Chow. All of that and more. Go to OutKick right now. Sign up for the VIP. We come back. It's Frank Isola. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio.
2: Be sure to catch live editions of OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
3: near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tire, tire rack.com sports tire the way tire buying should be
4: We are joined now by Frank Isola. He's at the Frank Isola on Twitter. You can watch him on ESPN, read him at The Athletic, listen to him on SiriusXM. Frank, thanks for getting up early with us. Uh, What is the vibe on the Yankees uh, as we start off Major League Baseball obviously underway, but we know, unfortunately, for New York area sports fans, You may have the two worst teams in the NFL that you're having to watch every weekend with the Bills. Uh, Sorry, not the Bills. Fortunately, the Bills are doing great. But with the Giants and the Jets, how much uh, of that sort of uh, interest now has been shifted into the Yankees' bucket, and how much nervousness is
1: there? Well, it's the same thing all the time, right, Clay? Last week, Gio Urshela hit a grand slam, and then Stanton hit a grand slam the other day. And everyone gets all excited about offense, and ultimately it comes down to whether or not you have the pitching to win. And in game one they had the pitching with Garrett Cole. The pitching has not held up the last two games. The relievers haven't held up, and that is, it always comes down to pitching. Everyone gets excited when they see the ball flying out of the park. What if they have, 11 home runs in their first three games? They had 31 runs in their first three games, but you still have to have the pitching. It's almost like the Yankees never learned their lesson they're not, out of, they're not out of it yet. All they have to do is win two games. But uh, Tampa's been the better team. Remember, Tampa went 8-2 and two during the regular season against the Yankees. So now they're 10-3 and three against them. So they've, they've had their number.
4: Uh, let's go to the NBA for a couple minutes here. You have covered the NBA for a long time. And uh, the NBA Finals have not cut through the noise in any way in terms of the number of people that are actually watching uh, the NBA Finals so far. Why do you think that is?
1: I think it's a number of things. Uh, I don't, you know, LeBron is a big star. I don't think Miami's got a player like that. I think there's a lot of people that probably don't like politics and sports, so I think that's a factor. I think the time of year has something to do with it. People aren't used to watching an NBA Finals in October. This is when the season would be starting right now, not ending. So I think all those factors kind of play into it. I think it's been, uh, and it's been going... You know, it's it's just not the same. I think people watching these games in the bubble, It's you know, I'm sure there's some people that don't even look at it like it's a legitimate championship just because it's so different. I think there's a number of factors. And, you know, remember, Clay, time of year has something to do with it, too. Now you got football going on, even at baseball going on, college football. People, This isn't the time of year where people really watch basketball, dig into it that much. If LeBron
4: wins and the Lakers win tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow, Friday, Game 5, and the series yeah. is over – How much attention does it get as we roll into college football and the NFL? Or do you think it's going to feel fairly muted? Because usually whenever the NBA Finals end, it's a big deal, right? Like uh, in June, it's like, oh, we got a lot to discuss. What's the overall legacy impact? What's the storyline? How much do you think, because it's happening on a Friday night, and by the time people wake up on Saturday, it's like, hey, college football's kicking off, then the NFL's rolling – how much attention do you think it's actually going to occupy in the American sporting public?
1: Yeah, I was, I was about to say, if if it ends on Friday, it would almost have like the Friday news dump feel to it. Yeah, The weekend will happen, and to your point, college football, and then the NFL, and even on Monday, you'll have um, NFL games, and you're not going to have a parade, I don't think. I can imagine the city of L.A., you know, because of, um, you know.
4: Yeah, the COVID uh, restrictions. There's no way they're going to have like a and, massive. And, you know, and
1: also money. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they should be spending money on something like that. I do think it'll it'll go away pretty quickly. I think the one thing that'll keep it going on some level is it'll be people will be debating where this ranks for LeBron because I think a lot of people say, well, it's not the same thing because he was in a bubble, so that fourth championship now we're going to view it a lot differently. But the, this is the thing for the NBA. If this thing ends on a Friday night, late Friday night, think about it. So the game will be ending if the Lakers win, it'll be close to midnight on Friday. And you have no idea when the next season is going to start. Adam Silver keeps talking about it. You know, Christmas is a target date, but he even says that that's probably unrealistic. So the NBA could be ending tomorrow night with nobody having any idea when it's going to start again.
4: Yeah, it it is kind of wild to think about that. And, And honestly, Chris Mannix on this radio program, and I think he's written this at Sports Illustrated, is saying he expects for the return to be around MLK Day. And if MLK Day is going to be the return date, that's, you know, relatively late in January. So, you know, you're not seeing the NBA return until, in theory, we're pretty far into the NFL playoffs. And uh, and we don't even know what that would look like, by the way, by the way that they would return in, uh, in late January. We're talking with Frank Isola. You can follow him on Twitter at the Frank Isola. Let's go into the NFL. Okay, so we got Brady tonight going on the road against the Bears. That's a pretty good Thursday night football game. Like, I'm yep. fairly excited to kick my feet up, watch, and see what happens. Sometimes Thursday night football is not, you know, necessarily the big draw. And uh, we all know that there have been a bunch of those games over the course of time. But you got a 3-1 and Bears team going up against a 3-1 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Tom Brady coming off a five-touchdown game. He's gotten progressively better in this Bucs offense every single week. Wasn't perfect against the, uh, the Chargers. Threw a pick-six. But again, five touchdown passes to five different receivers. The Bears have made that switch from Trubisky to Foles. What do you expect to see in tonight's game? And then what letter grade would you give Brady so far?
1: I'd probably give him about a B plus. And I think um, for the Bears, I mean, Foles has to play better. I thought that was kind of a quick uh, switch. Quick yeah. I get it. That you know that, that uh, Trubisky did not play well against Atlanta. They still won the game. They were 3-0. I mean, how many times have you seen a quarterback change when a team is 3-0? And what's interesting about it, too, I've always said this about the NFL and all these young quarterbacks. I just don't see anything wrong with, with subbing in for a quarterback. I know people say, "Ah, you can't do that all the time. But for a young guy like Trubisky, he's going poorly. You, brought, you bring Nick Foles in, he leads you to victory. Now everyone thinks, well, it's a Nick Foles era. How, how poor did Nick Foles play last week? He, he was really bad. And I think tonight he's going to have to keep up with Tom Brady because you know Tampa is going to put points on the board and if he can't keep up with them now he kept up with them in the Super Bowl I know that that was like a different situation but I I think Brady for the most part has been uh, I think he's been pretty good it's weird right I think the story's kind of floated under the radar a little bit maybe because they didn't have any preseason games so you know it's still kind of like Tom Brady's not in New England anymore he's in Tampa and it doesn't seem like it's still getting the attention I thought it would
4: uh, how would you assess the divorce? By the way, now with the Patriots, what I like to call the divorce, Belichick sitting at two and two. Maybe not fair to even judge the Patriots hardly in game four because they had to trot out Brian Hoyer uh, and Hoyer didn't play well, and they're going up against the defending Super Bowl champs. But right now, I think Brady looks better than Belichick does in the post uh, in the in the breakup. Right, like he seems to be winning the divorce more.
1: Yeah, and I think the the Patriots have had two tough results. Right, the Seattle game was tough. Because I had a chance there at the end when Cam, I don't know what I don't know about that final play when Cam got stopped at the goal line, and then on Monday night, listen, do I, you and know I talk about this all the time with Mahomes. I I still think Mahomes would have figured out a way to win the game, but you know Hoyer was terrible in the first half. The play at the end of the first half was, you know, I, I'm not even going to put that on Belichick or the offensive coordinator. You cannot allow yourself to get sacked. And then how about all the mistakes? The two interceptions that they had in their hands which led to 10 points. And then you had that bad call, but there were a bunch of bad calls. Yeah. The pass interference call that they gave to Kelsey, Travis Kelsey was ridiculous and then Mahomes flopped on that on that one play when he was running out of bounds and they and they uh threw the flag. So New England, Tom Bill Belichick, I got up in the morning and we flew to Kansas City to play a game. I'm going up against the Super Bowl champs and Mahomes and I was like the rest conspiring against me in that game. So even at this point, with everything that's happened, I'd even give Belichick about a maybe not a B plus, probably a B. I'd still give uh, Brady a better grade.
4: We're talking to Frank Isola. So, how do you handle going forward? We have, and we'll see what happens this morning. Whether there's any more positives, but you got Stephon Gilmore, best defensive player for the Patriots, testing positive. We already know that Brady uh, that that Cam Newton, sorry, uh, got everybody terrified there. Cam Newton has tested positive, best offensive player. The Titans have the continuing drip, drip, drip of positives. The first game that the Titans would have had to play against uh, the the Steelers has been able to be reorganized based on the bye week. What would you do if you were NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell going forward? Would you add weeks to the NFL regular season? Would you acknowledge that some teams may not play 16? Or would you consider forfeits being required for teams that don't have full rosters and are not able to get into their facilities in play. How should the
1: NFL handle this going forward? I think you could add probably one more week to get at least one game in, and then yeah. after that, you're just gonna have to have a situation, you know, much like baseball, where you didn't have every team playing sixty games. I think the NFL had to have known this. That's why Clay they when they came out with that thing about the fines where if you're not uh, you know, meeting the proper protocols, there's a chance that teams could Face some heavy fines because they want to complete the season, and I still say you and I talked about it when baseball first started. They had a bunch of uh, positive tests, and people think it's never going to happen. That's They're right, be able to pull this off. So I think it's almost like a wake up call for the NFL. Like the players, they have to be a little bit more responsible if they want to be able to do it. And remember too. There's another. All right, so Cam Newton didn't play the other night. So that basically went down as a guy suffering from the flu. Yeah. There's, there's no other way to look at it. And we've seen this before over the course of an NFL season where teams have had kind of the outbreak of something. Could be a stomach virus sometimes, and they haven't been able to play. But if I'm the NFL, I'm maybe going to add a week. And then after that, there's going to be a chance you just got to base it on winning percentage. And uh, Because the the goal now is to try to complete this season.
4: Speaking of completing the season, have we underrated how impressive it is that Major League Baseball actually got their season in? Because you mentioned it, and I do think it's important. If you went back in time to July when all of a sudden all those Marlins tested positive, I think if you had taken a poll of certainly people in our industry of sports media, but the fans in general that were at least being active on social media – there would have been almost no belief that there was going to be any way at all for Major League Baseball to finish their season. And not only they finished their season, they're having a pretty entertaining postseason. They brought in 16 teams into the playoffs. We're down to eight. We're about to be down to down to four teams remaining. And it seems like knock on wood, they basically solved every issue. And they're going to be able to have a relatively normal, it seems like, particularly NLCS and World Series, where there will actually be crowds present.
1: Yeah, and and the pl- and the playoffs have been fun. You know, if the, right before opening day, you had the defending World Series champions, the Washington Nationals, and their player Juan Soto, who that's one, right, you know, one of the young, you know, most exciting players, was terrific in the World Series. Hit some huge home runs against uh, both the Dodgers and the Astros, and he had come down testing positive and it really was the sky is falling no way major league baseball is going to be able to pull this off of the bubble now they are using in theory a bubble for the playoffs and for the world series but they did make it through the season and again i think that was the wake-up call for baseball because i think you know if you want to get paid you want to play you want to somehow get this done you know the players are going to have to you know follow the rules and i think going out has a lot to do with it first of all there's not really many places you can go out not like there's a lot of bars open But when you're putting baseball players on the road, it's not like the NFL. I mean, think about it, Clay. The the Patriots flew in, flew out. You talk about a business trip. That was one that they had on Monday night. Baseball, it was a little bit different during the season. They're in cities for two and three days. That's right. And that was going to be more complicated. That's why it's weird. They're not getting enough credit. I think they do deserve a lot more credit for what they did.
4: Frank Isola, enjoy the games this weekend. We will talk to you next week. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Clay. That's at the Frank Isola on Twitter. You can find him there. We come back. I think Danny G has got some five-star reviews for you, at least uh, at least I believe so. Uh, and we will get you ready for everything going on in the world of Brady versus the uh, the Bears and what we expect to see from tonight's Thursday Night Football game as we kick off NFL Week 5. Also want to hear what the crew thinks the NFL should do about this positive test situation and I'll even open up the phones for a little bit here. 877-996-6369. What do you think the NFL should do about positive tests in terms of trying to get all their games in?
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
4: NFL Week 5 about to get back. Tom Brady going up against the Chicago Bears. Nick Foles, a little bit of a rematch. Different teams, but Brady versus Foles, obviously. One of our most entertaining Super Bowls that we have seen. If you're an Eagles fan, those were the days. Uh, We are rolling through getting you ready for that. And I wanted to bring in the crew and see what you guys think. We'll probably get some news about some positives uh, or negatives as it pertains to the NFL's ongoing daily testing uh, involving players. But I am curious, what do you guys think is the appropriate way to respond? I started off the show and some people are going to be upset. They're like, oh my God, you're acting like a positive test is not that big of a deal. And that's true. I'm not acting like that. I believe that a positive test for COVID in a young, healthy person, which is most of the people who are playing in the NFL are pretty young and pretty healthy. Most of the people coaching in the NFL relative to other people of their age are healthier, right? By and large, there are exceptions. But most of the people that are coaching in the NFL, if you are a 60-year-old coach in the NFL, you're healthier than the average 60-year-old would be because you're not able, most people wouldn't be able to put in the hours that NFL coaches put in, and that's a sign of health on some level. So all of those things, to me, break down and suggest that, in general, a positive test isn't that big of a deal, which is why I would, if I was testing for the NFL, I would just send the people who have positive tests home. Obviously, they aren't eligible to play, but the other games, I would just continue and play them, like they're doing, frankly, in college football, where they have started to recognize that a positive test is not that big of a deal. Virginia Tech recently had 20 players that had positive test results and weren't able to play and the Hokies still went out and played. And by the way, they've played pretty well. And that's not just Virginia Tech. That's happened lots of different places across college football so far. Um, but what do you guys think should happen? It seems to me like there are basically three options that are out there. One is add weeks to the end of the season as a result of positive test if you have to cancel games. And I think that's a pretty reasonable proposition. I don't think it really matters what week we have the Super Bowl or what week we have the playoffs. You could even do away with the week off before the Super Bowl this year. And that way you wouldn't even have to change any of the dates, right? The playoffs could basically remain the same and the Super Bowl date could remain the same down in Tampa Bay. Uh, So that's at least a possibility. You also could make the decision that, hey, you know what, if some teams have to play fewer than 16 games – We'll just go by winning percentage as a result. And the last case result, I think, which is a precedent that I don't believe the NFL should set, and I don't think it's a very good one, is, hey, we'll forfeit uh, case, we'll forfeit games based on positive test cases. What would you do, Danny G?
1: I feel like there is only one way to go here, and that's to extend the season.
4: Yeah, I think that's the most reasonable. And yeah. that's in our poll question what the majority of people, 56,000 of you who voted – that's what the majority of you believe should be the right choice.
1: Yeah, the league is already prepared to push back the playoffs in the Super Bowl if necessary, and that could even give Florida more time to get full capacity for the Super Bowl.
4: Yeah. What about you, Dub? Which direction would you go?
0: Yeah, I'm in total agreement with Danny G. I don't see any reason – I mean, are they even going to play the Pro Bowl this year? Just just go ahead and cancel that. Everyone can get their votes and, you know, claim that they're a Pro Bowler. That's one week right there that you could easily extend. And I don't see – any reason why you couldn't just push the super bowl back a week or two uh further yep. just to give you some more cushion in case you know more situations like this arise throughout the season
4: i don't think your average fan is going to complain about football season lasting longer right I, I don't think there's anybody out there like oh my god we have to wait two more weeks for the super bowl because we have to push back like i don't think anybody out there is going to be like oh i want the football season to end sooner a lot of you out there know what i'm talking about because you have like you're like oh man when the super bowl happens it's always a little bit depressing because you realize how long it's going to be till there's another football game to be played. So I think pushing back is an easy solution. What about you, Eddie Garcia? What would you do? Uh, yeah, first of all, I, I saw Jeff Schwartz tweet out this uh, thought uh, not that long ago, and it made me think, wow, he's absolutely right, that college football players, you know, you've got dozens of players testing positive and no one says anything
1: yeah, as the games
4: true. go on, and one NFL player does positive and they want to shut the league down. Yes. But, I yeah, I totally
0: agree about moving the season back if necessary, and I think, especially in this year, I mean, we just had the Stanley Cup awarded, the NBA Finals is going to be over here in October this year, more than anything, I think fans are more willing to suspend when seasons start and when they end than ever before.
4: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt at all about that. Um, what about you, Roberto? What would your play be?
0: Yeah, definitely. Extend the season, because who knows? You know, there's not going to be sports maybe after football's over.
3: When is uh, when the NBA going to start again? So, yeah, extend, keep extending that football season. Baby. All right,
4: so I think most people are in favor of extension. Here's the other thing, and I'm going to open up phone lines. Every NFL player... Is under way more danger actually playing football than they are from COVID. And what I mean by that is, like, if you had to, if you told the average NFL football player out there, hey, you can get COVID or you can t- tear your ACL, every player is saying, oh, I'd rather have COVID, right? If you told your average NFL football player, hey, you can get a concussion or you can get COVID, I think almost every NFL football player would say, okay, I'll take COVID. And when we think about football, it is a profoundly unsafe sport to play, right? In general. And the higher level of football you go to, the more dangerous it becomes. Your average kid playing Little League or Pee Wee or Pop Warner, I guess it is, Pop Warner football, it's hard for your kid to get really hurt when everybody weighs... 30 pounds or 40 pounds or whatever, and they're tackling each other, and their pads are bigger than they are. By the time you get to the NFL, you're getting guys absolutely wrecked on every play. Isn't it hypocritical of the NFL to be obsessed with a virus that causes almost no issues in its players and not even care at all, hardly, about CTE or the things that everybody in the NFL puts their bodies through every single week for entertainment. There's a lot of hypocrisy here. I want to unpack it when we start off the next hour. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. This is OutKick, the coverage with
2: Clay Travis. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
1: You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast.